This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello there! Thank you so much for being here again for another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Mahachek, and we have a little bit of a treat today as far as what we're talking about. So usually we've been talking more about the nutrition side of things, but on today's episode, I wanted to talk a little bit more about specific workouts in relation to metabolism. So as you know, I mentioned last week, if you are on my email list or follow me on social media, you see that I am talking all about the upcoming Metabolic Jumpstart program that starts on May 1st. Well, this program is all about metabolism and everything that you've ever wanted to know about why you're gaining weight or what is the reason for anyone gaining weight, uh, it's all talked about in this program. So. I wanted to take a little bit of time today and talk about the importance of exercise to one degree, but a specific form of exercise that I am a huge fan of, uh, and that is HIT training. So HIT training, if you have never heard of it, it stands for high intensity interval training. Now you may think, well, Stephanie, that sounds really intense. Not really. Well, kind of. We'll talk about it. So HIT training by definition, it's defined as a brief intermittent bursts of vigorous activity, kind of broken up with periods of rest or low intensity exercise. Um, so basically, if you've ever seen some of those automated programs on like a treadmill or the elliptical where it looks like a bar graph and the bar, one bar goes really high and the other one goes low and then it goes really high and low, that is essentially HIIT training, but there are many different forms of that. But what I wanted to to discuss today is kind of why, why the why around HIIT training and why I love it so much and why it's so beneficial. So let's talk about some of the benefits. First of all, it's super diverse. You can do a HIIT workout doing many different modalities of exercise. You could do it walking, you could do it on a treadmill, you could do it walking outside, you could do it running, sprinting, in the pool, on a bike. You can do um, total body weight with like just body weight activity, um, like like more strength training type of exercises. You could do it with hand weights. You could do it with barbells. You could do it with kettlebells. You can do HIIT training in so many different ways. So it's very, very diverse. So if I were to tell you, hey, the only way you can do HIIT training is by sprinting your heart out on a treadmill and you're like, hey girl, I don't sprint, <laughs> then, then you would probably rule it out. But I'm here to tell you, you can get the same benefits on a different, doing a different modality. So just keep that in mind. Another benefit to HIIT training is it saves time. What is one of the biggest barriers that we tell ourselves when it comes to exercise? We don't have enough time, right? We can't fit it in. It's the first thing, one of the first things that gets booted out the door when you don't have enough time to do other things during the day. So with a HIIT workout, it, take, it compacts the higher intensity into a shorter amount of time for bigger impactful results. And there are some studies that I'm going to talk about in a second that actually prove that and is really, really fascinating. 
So HIIT workouts in general have been shown to improve blood lipid panels like your cholesterol, uh, blood pressure readings, body composition, which is, you know, the one that people tend to gravitate to the most is, oh, it's going to help me lose more weight. But it actually changes your composition. It's not about, remember, in all of my previous ramblings about the scale, it's not about the number on the scale. It's about what those numbers are. What, how it breaks down. It's the body composition. So it helps to improve body composition by reducing body fat and gaining muscle. So another one is it actually helps to release anti-inflammatory markers within our body, which is huge. And it can have an, a, pre, a profound improvement on your quality of life. I have actually had people tell me after they get done with a HIIT workout, which is Usually, I think the one that she was talking about was about 15 minutes. And she said, I feel so much more confident. I feel so much more capable. So it actually improves some of those aspects, especially if you're not an avid exerciser yet, or if you're just getting into it, or maybe it's been a while, it can help with some of those components as well. Um, You know, HIIT workouts too, they're more enjoyable. There actually was a study that showed that people preferred a HIIT workout versus moderate intensity continuous exercise or MICT training, if you will. Um, But that would be more like you go for an extended run or an extended walk um, or a jog or something like that. Or you ride your bike for like an hour instead, you know, so a 15 minute short burst interval training was more enjoyable to those pulled in this study than a continuous exercise workout. Uh, And like I said, there are huge amounts of variability when it comes to HIIT training, even not only the modalities, but also the duration of intervals, the, the intensity, you know, there's a lot that you can kind of modify to, to suit your needs and what you're looking for in a workout. Um, And also many basic daily activities are dependent on the ability to generate force at high velocity. Think about that. If you're like me and you carry in every possible grocery bag in the trunk of your car into the kitchen so you don't have to come back for a second trip, that's that's high output, right? We have to train for that, believe it or not. So it makes those types of activities, you know, you pick up your child, you pick up your grandkid, you sprint from a dog that's chasing you. You know, those types of things happen on a daily basis, maybe not all of them, but you know, but we are required to do basically that. It's basically a high intense burst of activity. So training your body to be able to do some of those things helps in daily activities. Um, Especially, this was fun, uh, an interesting thing I learned too, is people in the elderly age bracket, which I, I believe in the studies that I saw, it was categorized as 66 and above. Um, they actually benefited from high intensity interval training as well. And you would think, oh, my grandma who's 89 shouldn't be doing sprints on a treadmill. Well, probably not (laughs) unless she's, you know, trained for that. But when it comes to other modalities like a bike or a pool, that actually has been shown to increase neurological functioning in their extremities. So think about those with um, neuropathies and, and different issues like that, they're retraining those neurons and those, those nerves. So that, I thought that was really fascinating because you wouldn't think that elderly people or people in a certain age group would benefit. And it turns out they are ones that benefit almost more than other people. So within a HIIT workout, specific enzymes are actually released that trigger lipolysis. And if you don't know what lipolysis is, 
It is essentially the breakdown of lipids, aka fats. There is also some research that says HIT releases more lactic acid into our body, which creates something called an EPOC effect, or it stands for Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption. It's a mouthful. Just call it EPOC. This amazing thing is basically like an extension of your workout. So after you're done, your body likes to be in a state of homeostasis. You know, everything is in balance. After a HIIT workout in particular, different elements are out of balance. There's inflammation. There's metabolic processes happening. There's mitochondrial activity. There's a whole lot of physiology going on at the cellular level. And the body wants everything back in balance. So EPOC is the elevation in metabolism that the body uses to help restore that homeostasis. It, it causes, it uses energy to restore itself. The body will use energy to restore itself. And that's essentially what the EPOC is measuring. So when there's excessive lactic acid in the body, such as in the case from hard workouts like a HIIT training, EPOC can actually last longer because the body is working to clear that excess lactic acid and various other byproducts of exercise. So the body works harder to clear it and to rebalance everything. One of the best analogies, if you were listening to that, you're like, what in the world did you just say? One of the best analogies I've heard to describe this comes from the American Council on Exercise, which is who I happen to have multiple certifications through. Uh, but they say, after you reach your destination, your car's engine will remain warm for a period of time after you shut it off. Right? Think about it. We've all kind of felt that. You get to your destination, you shut your car off, you put your hand on the hood of the car, it, the engine's still warm, even though the car's off. This is similar to what happens with EPOC. Your, your body's engine is still essentially warm, and it takes a little bit of time for it to actually cool down. So that's essentially what's happening. And because of the fact that the body is using energy to restore itself, that boosts the metabolism for that extended period of time. When you, you know, at that point, you're probably having a snack or you're sitting on the couch or you're in the shower or something like that. You're not exercising, but you're getting the benefit from it. So the whole point of me telling you that when we talk about things in the form of metabolism is that metabolic reactions to the exercises that we do are different depending on the type of exercise we do. You will get a bigger or a larger epoch effect when you do an exercise that consumes more oxygen and creates more lactic acid. And that's essentially what a HIIT workout will do. So let's talk for a second about HIIT's impact on body composition. That is what most people always want to talk about. Tell me how it's going to help me lose weight. So there's, there's mixed research on this. And on, especially on what form of exercise is the best, right? We've all heard that. Oh, what, what should I be doing? I, is, is this one better than that one? Should I walk or should I run? Should I swim or should I bike? This is largely due to the inability to regulate an exact method of HIIT training that is universal. So when you look at it from a clinical study point of view, for something to be considered valid, it has to be repeatable. And some studies gauge the impact that HIIT workout has off of what's called the VO2 max. You don't need to know that, but it, they'll gauge it off of the VO2 max, which is essentially uh, the measurement of oxygen your body's using throughout a different exercise and different stressors. Um, so you can imagine it can be challenging to match it repeatedly in other studies. 
Also, there are other factors at play. Even if two people were measured to be at, say, 60% VO2 max, even if two people are measured, there's other factors at play. Some some people may have more physiological adaptations happening. Some, some may not. I also read a study that proposed that muscle fiber content matters, which can vary between persons. So you've heard of like slow twitch muscle fibers. You've heard of fast twitch muscle fibers. There's fast twitch you know, 1A and B, and there's all different variations, and we all have different amounts of each one. This is why you'll see people who are naturally good long-distance runners, and then there are people who are like, I can't run longer than, you know, two feet. So it has to do with the composition of your muscle fibers. So when two people, even if they're at the exact same VO2 max and they're trying to study the effect of HIIT training, it, it can be challenging. There's other factors in there, so that's why some of the studies can be a little bit mixed. There are many studies that also advocate for HIIT workouts, and there are some that say that they are actually no better off than what's called moderate intensity continuous workouts, those MIT trainings again. So you may be saying like, well, which one's better? Should I do just HIIT workouts every day or should I do like the moderate intensity? Like what's, what, what do I do? I say we need both. We need both the moderate intensity workouts and we need the HIIT training. Both of them result in similar body composition reductions, according to the studies. However, HIIT training results in a larger improvement of cardiovascular fitness over a shorter period of time. You also get that greater EPOC effect. I actually have an example of this. After my, after every single one of my four babies were born, once I got clearance for exercise again, I started immediately doing the HIIT training. I didn't do it every single day. It's not recommended to do that every single day. It's more intense. It's greater taxing on your body. But I started doing them two to three times a week. I personally chose the treadmill because I had one and it's easier with a newborn. You can just plop them right next to you and, you know, they're there and you can hop off if you need to. But I am convinced after four weeks of doing two two to three HIIT workouts, I think they were about, they were about 20 to 30 minutes, depending on which one I chose. But after about four weeks or so, I felt amazing. I could breathe better. My heart and lungs were better. I was back to my endurance level that I had previously been in. It felt great. So I am a huge proponent of HIIT workouts. I have seen firsthand the effects that they can have on cardiovascular training. So my question to you is, let's say you start a HIIT schedule. You are adding these workouts in a few times a week. You're feeling pretty good. You know, we've talked about kind of the metabolic things that can happen when you do HIIT workouts and the EPOC and all of that. Let me ask you, what do you think happens when you also adjust your eating patterns and your food quality? Boom, it's magic, right? It's amazing. You can imagine that this has an even bigger effect. In today's world, up to 73, if not up to 80% of the US food supply is composed of refined sugars, refined vegetable oils, grains, dairy, you know, things that do not benefit our bodies. When we consume those foods, it adds to inflammation. It can add to other uh, hormonal imbalances and impacts that, that can have. And also those foods are notoriously low in things like fiber and phytonutrients, which we've talked about before, the benefits of those and how that can aid in metabolic uh, things and, and weight loss and all of that. So what do you think when, when you add in 
the good quality workouts with the good quality food, it's going to have an amazing impact. And this is exactly what I did in that upcoming metabolic jumpstart program. We are taking the metabolic principles of strategic exercise, like we just talked about, and combining it with a whole foods, clean-ish eating method. And I say clean-ish because you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to skip dessert every single day. You don't have to forego birthday cake at your kid's birthday party. It's clean-ish. The majority of the time, whole foods eating. This group program teaches you about that, the four main or the four biggest triggers for weight gain. It also shows you how to address them and then how to take action to start seeing the health and wellness results that you want to see. We will be discussing hormones and gut health and inflammation and other lifestyle factors such as, you know, like sleep and stress and how to make changes. So you start feeling energized, healthy, and capable of creating lasting change for your health. So the wait list is only open for another week or so. By the time this podcast comes out, it'll be less than a week. It'll be only a few days. Um, And everyone on that wait list will receive $50 off the cost of enrollment. Enrollment opens April 25th, in which case the wait list discount goes away. So if you know that you'll be enrolling, join the wait list and get that discount. The 30-day program starts May 1st. And if you want more information, you want to read a little bit about more about what we're doing in there, there is a link below. You can also find it by going to foodfactornutrition.com and it's under group programs. So I really, really hope that you found this kind of shorter episode more about HIIT training valuable. And again, do not be afraid. I know many people are intimidated by the the phrase HIIT training or high intensity training. And I promise you, they do HIIT training with cardiac patients. They do HIIT training with people with diabetes. And there's a lot of benefit to that uh, with with various illnesses. There's more and more research going uh, coming out that shows the immense impact it can have with different conditions. Um, you do not have to be an elite athlete to do HIIT training, although elite athletes do HIIT training, but you can be a beginner. You can be new to it. We will walk you through how to adapt it to you so that you will find the most benefit for you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed kind of putting together some of the research for it. I'm I'm a junkie when it comes to that. It's really interesting to me. Um, but please reach out if you have any questions and hop on that wait list because it's if you're going to do the program anyways, you might as well get the $50 off before that discount goes away on Monday, this Monday. So again, I hope you're having a great day. Please reach out if you have any questions. I hope you, uh, I hope to see you I hope to see you in the Metabolic Jumpstart program. Bye.